the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Our obedience to God is one of the proofs that we belong to Him, that we are His. Living in disobedience is proof that we're not His. Because when a person is born again, and Jesus said, listen, Jesus said, you have to be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. And when a person is born again, the old things pass away, and everything is made new. As people in a society, we leave an impression everywhere we go, whether a good or a bad impression. That's up to us. The way we live our lives tells people exactly who we are and what our intentions are. In today's message, Pastor Dan will remind you of the fact that you have an impact on people wherever you go. You have the opportunity to make that a big, gracious, Jesus-filled impact or a big, hurtful, and meaningless impact. As Christians, we always want to leave knowing that people saw Jesus through us. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 4 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Jesus has authority over life and death. Now, verse 9, And it shall be, if they do not believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river, that's the Nile River, and pour it out on the dry land, the water which you take from the river will become blood. It doesn't say it'll become like blood or the color of blood. It will become blood on the dry land. Now, the Nile River was considered a god to the Egyptians. So much of their life and economy depended upon the Nile River, and they considered the Nile River a god. And so by turning water from the Nile River to blood, the Lord God Jehovah was showing that he is more powerful than the gods of the Egyptians. And so God is communicating here to Moses and Aaron and to the Israelites ultimately with these signs that they've, they've got nothing to worry about because Yahweh is greater than the gods of Egypt. There's no God like Jehovah, right? He's more powerful than any other God. So in verse 10 now, Moses gives his next excuse Why he cannot lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Look at verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Moses says, I'm not a very eloquent speaker. I get tongue-tied and my words get twisted. 
And so I'm not the right guy for this job. Now, that's interesting that he says that. If you remember, we looked at Acts chapter 7, which talks about Moses and Stephen's sermon. In Acts chapter 7, verse 22, it says of Moses, I'll read it to you, that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. That's actually like the only biographical statement we have about Moses when he was growing up in Egypt. Moses was educated in the best Ivy League schools in Egypt, and he was mighty in words and mighty in deeds. He was eloquent in speech. He was an eloquent speaker, at least he was 40 years before. When he lived in Egypt, maybe, you know, watching sheep for 40 years in the desert, he's kind of lost his eloquence a little bit, I don't know. But now he says to, to the Lord, you should find someone else, because I'm just not very good with words. Now look at verse 11. So, you know, the Lord is so patient with us. The Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? (laughs) And who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now watch what he says in verse 12. Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth, and I will teach you what you shall say. I love verse 12. I hope you do, too. It reminds us that God does not call the equipped. He equips the called, right? God doesn't pick only the best or only the smartest or only the most talented or only the most eloquent. In fact, 1 Corinthians tells us God likes to use the weak. He likes to use the inadequate. He likes to use the foolish. He likes to use nobodies so that he gets all the glory. So that nobody looks on and says, well, of course that guy is so successful, or or, obviously she's so successful in the ministry. Look at her, or look at him. All of his skills, all of his talents, all of his abilities. No, people scratch their head. So why is he successful? Why is she successful? It's got to be the Lord. And all the glory goes to God. When God calls you, listen, when God calls you to do something for him, he will then equip you to fulfill that calling. So don't think, well, God can't use me. I'm not an eloquent speaker. Or God can't use me. I'm not very smart. Or I'm not very talented. Or, or I'm shy. And I'm introverted. Or I, I'm not comfortable speaking in front of an audience. If God calls you, he will then equip you to fulfill that calling. And so he says to Moses, I'll be with your mouth. I'll teach you what you shall say. Listen, all we have to do is be available. Just be available. Just be available to God. Just be open to the Lord. Like Isaiah, here I am, Lord, send me. I'm slow of speech. I get tongue-tied. I'm not a very good speaker. I'm not very smart. But here I am. And if you're available to the Lord to be used by him, he will overcome your inadequacies. And he'll use your inadequacies. For his glory. You know, D.L. Moody was an evangelist, a preacher in the 1800s. He was one of the greatest evangelists ever in church history. 
And D.L. Moody was an uneducated man, and he, he butchered the English language when he spoke. And he got saved as an adult, and shortly after he was saved, he attended a prayer meeting at his church, and he prayed out loud at this prayer meeting. And after the prayer meeting, one of the elders of the church came up to him and said to him, you would serve the Lord better by keeping your mouth shut at church. Because he was so uneducated and just, you know, butchered the language when he spoke. And he goes on now, that he goes on to, to preach the gospel to hundreds of thousands of people. And thousands and thousands of people come to faith in Jesus Christ through D.L. Moody. And there's actually, uh, there's actually a, a chain of people that lead down to Billy Graham, which is a name that you're probably familiar with. D.L. Moody uh, preached the gospel, and a guy that was in the audience at one of his events that got saved ended up preaching the gospel somewhere where Billy Graham was located and was in the audience when he was a little kid, and Billy Graham got saved. So you can trace Billy Graham back to D.L. Moody, um, but D.L. Moody becomes this great evangelist sharing the gospel all over the world. In Chicago today, there's the Moody Bible Institute and Moody Radio and Moody Press. It's all named after uh, D.L. Moody. There's another story, though, where uh, he was preaching in these big events, big, you know, theaters. And a woman, after one of his events, came up to him, and she had counted the number of grammatical mistakes he made in his sermon. And he said to her, ma'am, I'm using all the grammar God has given me. You know, like, <laughs> again, you just have to be available and open to the Lord. And he overcomes our inadequacies or he'll even use our inadequacies for his glory. Now that brings us to verse 13. And we come to Moses's final excuse here. Verse 13. But he said, Oh, my Lord, please Send by the hand of whomever else you may send. So Moses is finally truthful. He just doesn't want to do it. He just doesn't want to do it. He simply doesn't want to do what God is asking him to do. He's out of excuses. And so he says, send someone else. Send anyone else but me. And please note this, Moses was unwilling to do what God was commanding him to do. We call that disobedience. He was disobedient to God. And sometimes people who name the name of Christ, they choose not to obey the Lord. And they'll say, well, I don't want to do that. I know that's what God is telling me to do, or I know that's what the Bible says I should do, but I don't want to do that. Doing that is hard, or doing that is difficult, or doing that is, is painful, or I just don't want to, I just don't want to do that. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, it says that one way that we know that we are truly saved and truly a child of God is we will keep his commandments. We will keep his commandments. Our obedience to God is one of the proofs that we belong to him, that we are his. Living in disobedience is proof that we're not his. Because when a person is born again, and Jesus said, listen, Jesus said, you have to be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. 
And when a person is born again, the old things pass away and everything is made new. And so a person may say that they are a Christian, but if they're, they're living a life of disobedience to God, I, I'm concerned for their salvation. I, I know they're saying that they're a Christian, but I don't see the fruit of salvation in their life. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. I remember years ago, uh, we still, we still lived in Florida, and I was on staff at a Calvary Chapel down there, and I remember it was, it was towards the end of the day, and the receptionist at the front desk called back to my desk and said, there's a young man here who wants to talk to a pastor. And so I went out, and there's this young guy there. He's probably like in his early 20s, like 22, 23 years old. We lived in a beach community, and he's got shorts on, flip-flops, and he's got like this Hawaiian shirt on, and he's got the top couple buttons undone because he was cool, Right? And so I, he comes in, he comes back, and uh, I said, what, what, you know, what do you want to talk about? And he said, I was wondering if you guys are hiring. And of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, flip-flop shorts, Hawaiian shirt? Like, you're looking for a job, really? You know, but I didn't say that because I'm a Christian. And so <laughs> I, I said, what do you, I said, you're looking, you're looking for a job? He said, yeah, I, I, I live out at the beach and I heard your radio station, and I thought it might be neat to work at a church. And I said, um, I said, well, where are you working now? And he said, well, I'm not working now. I said, where are you living? And he said, I'm living out of the beach with a couple girls. And I said, well, what are, you, what are you doing for money? And I'm not kidding you. He said, I'm selling drugs. Like, just like that. Like, didn't even try to hide it. I was like, oh, okay. And I said, uh, I said, are you a Christian? And he said, yeah. And I said, the girls that you're living with, are you dating one of the girls? He said, yeah. I said, are you sleeping with her? Yeah. And I said, what makes you think you're a Christian? And he said, when I was a little kid, I went forward for an altar call. And I started to show him Bible verses, and I was like, look, I'm just saying to you, like the Bible says the people that practice sexual immorality are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven, right? And it says here, like, don't be deceived and think that you are going to enter the kingdom of heaven when you're living this kind of lifestyle. And I said, we don't have a job for you, but I'm more concerned about your salvation because I don't want you leaving here thinking that just because you went forward and prayed a prayer when you were nine, that you're saved because the things that you're telling me are evidence to me you're not saved. When you're selling drugs and you're sleeping with your girlfriend... I'm concerned, right? And so, and, and the next thing he said to me was, well, where's the sinner's prayer in the Bible? It's not in the Bible. There's no sinner's prayer in the Bible. And then he said, I think we need to pray right now. And so we prayed right there, 
And he surrendered his life to Christ. He went on to be a missionary in Europe after that. But, but my point, my point really is, if you're living in disobedience to God and living an, an immoral life according to the word of God, and you at the same time you think you're a Christian, I would be very concerned about your salvation. Look at verse 14. Look at this. I want you to get this. Especially if what I just said describes you. You would identify as a Christian, but you are living a life that is disobedient to God. Look at verse 14. Moses' disobedience made God angry. It made God angry. Living and walking in disobedience to God makes God angry. And verse 14, so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses because he's just refusing to do what God wants him to do. And he said, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, he is also coming out to meet you when he sees you. He will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. And I will teach you what you shall do. And so he shall be your spokesman to the people, and he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. And so here's what God says. God's angry here because Moses isn't willing to do this, and Moses is making these excuses and saying, well, I'm not a very eloquent speaker. And so God says, all right, I'll have your brother Aaron be your mouthpiece. I'll have him be your spokesperson. I'll tell you what to say and then you've got to tell Aaron what to say, and then Aaron will tell the people what I said. Now, just think about the logistics of this, right? They're going to go, chapter 5, they're going to go in before Pharaoh, and God's going to speak to Moses and tell Moses what to say, and then Moses is going to turn to Aaron and tell Aaron to tell Pharaoh what God said. And so Moses is going to say to Aaron, Tell him, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. And Aaron's going to say, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. Now tell him this. You know, like the whole awkwardness of this whole thing now as a result of this. And so verse 17, you shall take this rod in your hands with which you shall do the signs. Take that rod with you. Now verse 18. So Moses went, now watch this, and he returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, And said to him, please let me go and return to my brethren who are in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. That's not really the reason Moses wants to return to Egypt, is it? He's not returning back to check on his family. Moses didn't say anything to his father-in-law Jethro about God appearing to him in a burning bush, God speaking to him audibly, God calling him to lead the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt. That's, that's, That's kind of pretty big details to leave out. But he leaves them out. Now, it doesn't tell us why Moses didn't tell his father-in-law about God appearing to him and God calling him to deliver Israel. But I, I will say that sometimes when God calls you to do something, you just can't share it with certain people because they won't understand it. 
You know, it talks about in 1 Corinthians, the natural man doesn't understand the things of the Spirit because they're spiritually discerned. They don't have the Holy Spirit. And so some people can't understand it. Uh, Others may try to discourage you from doing it, or they may try to talk you out of it, or they might mock the whole idea of it. And so you have to be discerning who, who you tell and how much you disclose to people. Don't forget, Jesus' family thought he was crazy until after the resurrection. And there's at least one occasion when Jesus' family went to try to like, take Jesus into custody and get him out of, the, out of the public because they thought he was out of his mind. And think about Moses' situation here and what God has called him to do. The children of Israel number two to three million people at this point. They have been slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years under the most powerful government in the world. And imagine Moses telling his father-in-law, Jethro, who's not a believer, that the God of Israel appeared to him out in the desert in a burning bush and told him that he should return to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, the most powerful king in the world, that he should let all the Hebrew slaves go free. And then Moses will lead two to three million people through the desert back to Midian. Imagine telling his father-in-law this, and oh yeah, Jethro, I want to take your daughter and your two grandsons with me on this little adventure for God. And how will Jethro receive this? (laughs) Moses, I think you've been out in the sun too long, right? Here's a Gatorade, why don't you go lay down for a little bit? Jethro's not going to believe Moses. And so Moses does not disclose the real reason why he wants to return to Egypt. He says, I just want to go check on my family. Jethro says, well, go ahead, go in peace. Now the Lord said to Moses in Midian, go, return to Egypt for all the men who sought your life are dead. Remember, we talked about this. The Egyptians had a practice that when the Pharaoh died, the new Pharaoh would give amnesty to criminals. So Moses has amnesty now because the king who sought his life is dead. And then Moses took his wife and his two sons. He set them on a donkey and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. Man, he's not not separating himself from this rod. He's not even willing to set it down. He's probably sleeping with it at night. And the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in your hand. Look what it says. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Now, 20 times in the book of Exodus, the hardening of Pharaoh's heart is mentioned. 20 times. 10 times we read that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. And ten times we read that the Lord God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And when Exodus speaks of the Lord God hardening Pharaoh's heart, the Hebrew word that is used there when it's speaking of the Lord hardening his heart, the Hebrew word means to to make firm. To make firm. In other words, the Lord God just made firm the decision that Pharaoh already made. 
With everything you could have listened to today, we're honored you chose Ring of Truth. Whether it's your first time or your hundredth time listening, we know that the Word of God brought a fresh perspective to your corner of the world. Did your faith grow with this message? Or did it leave you with questions? If you find yourself with questions, please go to calvaryec.com to contact us so we can answer those questions. You can easily and securely fill out the form found under the Question tab. Columbia, Maryland is home base for Ring of Truth episodes, and we want you in our community. So if you're close, let's meet face-to-face. Sunday service times, along with midweek service times, are available on our website, calvaryec.com. Make sure to mark your calendar to come. For those of you too far away, don't be discouraged. Use our live stream to still be a part of our family. Don't leave our website without looking at the other resources we have provided to strengthen your relationship with Jesus. Before our time is up, would you consider financially donating to this ministry? There are so many more lives to touch for Christ, but we can't do it alone. If you felt a tug at your heart to support us in this way, information can be found on our website, calvaryec.com. Come again for the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.